0: everyone, welcome back to Don't Be a Drag, the podcast where we discuss current events and the lives of drag queens and drag kings from all across the country. My name is Patrick, and I'm your host, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have our second ever drag king on the podcast, which I'm super, super stoked for because I've been wanting to get really into the bulk of what drag is, and you can't do that without talking to both sides with both queens and kings. So I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. We have uh, Miss Jean, who is better known as...
1: Um, I've had the stage name of Donnie Mirasu. for a very
0: long time. <laughs> yes. So I guess the first thing we want to start out with is... When did you first start doing drag and participating in this? I was 13 years
1: old when I first started. And mind you, that was almost 30 years ago. My mother saw the movie Victor Victoria that has uh, Julie Andrews that does, does amazing gender flips through the whole movie. And that's the premise of the movie. And she, my mother had realized, oh, wait, girls can do this too. And kind of pushed my butt out the door. And I've been doing it pretty much ever since. That's and have just, I, I I, know I got lucky having a family that encouraged. So it's that's how I started. It's becoming more visible. And I think in... America we have kind of a I hate to say it but almost a cookie cutter view of what drag is and it's unfortunately been put forth by drag race is that's what the mainstream thinks drag is supposed to be Mm -hmm. without realizing that there's this fantastic history that goes to Divine and even somebody like Jack Lemmon Doing drag, uh, you know, in the '40s and '50s, and that there's this huge background in different styles, and which is why people are shocked that drag kings even exist. You know, I've had so many people go, "Wait, you do what? I didn't. I only thought it was drag queens." And it's no, there. Anybody can do it. It doesn't matter your gender, you know, or how you were assigned. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Drag just means dressing up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, really. Uh, you know, it's, it
0: doesn't mean, you know, a drag queen could be whoever. I mean, we've we've kind of seen that recently uh, with some of the other people we've talked to about how um, AFAB or BioQueens queens are seen kind of as lesser because to be a drag queen, they think you have to be uh, strictly male performing as female. And I don't think a lot of people understand that it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. You can be who you want to be and perform how you want to perform and still be a part of that group. One of the
1: best queens that I have ever seen perform was afab and i think she is an unbelievable dancer she is an unbelievable performer and she's been at it for 20 years and it's just and it just happens to be that she is afab
0: mm-hmm. it doesn't matter and you know you you see a lot
1: of uh, the hyper or bio kings are way more common and it's the if this is accepted then why not an afab queen or a non-binary drag performer. And there's tons of those. Mm-hmm. That, you know, there's... When I started, one of the things that was ingrained into me was there's no wrong way to do this. And it's all valid. If you want to get up there and do something, get up there and do something. Mm-hmm. And... You know, it's like going. Oh, there was a time when that, like, what well, that was the attitude it was like, it didn't matter. But at some point, and I can't tell you exactly when the point happened, that flipped, and it has to be. Well, you have to be presenting the opposite gender you were assigned, or uh, trans performers aren't as accepted, or uh, the hyper or bio or faux. There's so many different terms for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, you know, an AFAB queen or an AMAB king is not as quote-unquote valid, which to me makes no sense. I mean, maybe I'm old, and I just think anybody that wants to get up there should get up there if they want to, but I think
0: it's, I think it's all valid. And, you know, that's that's a really weird thing, too, because if you look through history, just like with general everyday stuff, it seems that a lot of times people from older generations are the ones that aren't wanting to move forward and change. But with people we've talked to, it seems that relating to drag, it's a lot of the younger people who are very, like, stuck or very specific in what they want and what they think drag is. Why do you... Oh, I- yeah, no, it, it's the, I, I've had, you know, baby kings or
1: queens, um, once it have been in their first year, telling me, oh, no, no, this is how you're supposed to do it. And it's kind of the, I, really? I never heard that. Who made that rule? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs>
0: there's no rule book. No yeah. way a rule book. Speaking of, I guess, the rules of drag, I know a lot of times here in Alabama, a lot of the people we see performing, especially like with the Queens, it's very pageanty and very like strict glam when they do their performances and stuff. And I've kind of noticed that with like different areas you look at, it seems like a person's drag aesthetic is very important where they are in a lot of cases. And I don't really fully understand that. I guess it's just the culture of the location. But I know that you told me that your kind of aesthetic is a more goth and horror, which is not something we normally see around here. And some people kind of look down on that. But I know in places where you're from, that that's not the case. How did you get into doing sort of the goth horror and punk?
1: Subcultures that I'm a part of, in general, in mm-hmm. in my life. I mean, that is the I'm going to the goth clubs. I've been a goth DJ almost as long as I've been doing drag. Uh, I would go to um, there's a club that was out here called the Gilman. That was the West Coast equivalent to CBGBs, uh, you know, as a as a teenager, and. So it's like when the punk and the goth was where I went. And so that was kind of where my drag evolved. And there is a lot of the pageant and the high glam here. I would actually say a a good 70% of drag out here is that same high glam drag. And you see that in the kings and the non-binary drag artists too. But at the same time, you see alternative, you see um, sideshow geek drag, mm-hmm. and, or the horror drag, which I do, and alongside the pageant queens. My best friend in the world is a pageant queen. She is high glam, She, you know, the dresses are encrusted in crystals, and the performing, you know, whatever the pop top forty song is, but at the same time, I can turn around and come on stage right after her, looking like I walked right out of a, you know a horror movie, performing the Misfits. Mm-hmm. And some of the shows that we do together, that scene is totally normal. And. So Some of the drag community does not want performers like me as part of the drag community because I'm quote unquote too weird and too scary.
0: See, I think that's something that's actually really cool to see because like you said, not, not everybody does that and it's gosh, over half is more of the glam side. So that's, I mean, it's a nice thing to be able to see something one different and two, a lot of times, it just seems really creative to be able to like change what you do and not be the norm. And I, I really think that's something that more people need to look into and see. Because like, while that horror stuff may not be everyone's personal aesthetic or the thing they like, it still could really open your eyes to see the differences. There's a lot of you know. The, there's the whole.
1: Term scare drag is the, the current term that you're seeing popping up in the past year mm-hmm. for artists like you know, like me. Um, the term that I came across um, is originally from England called night flower, which is the club kids and the alternative burlesque dancers and the alternative drag artists and sideshow performers and street performers that were always a little darker or a little more out of the box. And I really liked that term. And I adopted that. Mm -hmm. And a burlesque dancer that I've been working with for years and years and years as I'm starting to win awards and being acknowledged for the work that I'm doing in the drag community and, the, and changing it out here, gave me the tagline of the king of the American drag flowers, and it's kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. To use the British term and bringing it out here, and I, I love the term scare drag because I think it's it's great too, but that's the term that I kind of glommed onto because it made
0: sense for me it was like oh here is a word for what I am doing speaking of kind of your titles and things that you've kind of are now associated with you you told me that you are currently reigning as Mr. Galaxy and that's something new to me that I've never heard but then again I'm in the middle of nowhere Alabama but tell me a little bit about what Mr. Galaxy is and how that works
1: Galaxy titles, there's three of them, is, um, there's, there's Jewel of the Galaxy and Goddess of the Galaxy, Jewel of the Galaxy is for a drag queen,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Goddess of the Galaxy is for a trans queen, and the Mr. Galaxy was always open to uh, non-binary performers and drag kings, and uh map, male presidenting performers mm-hmm. and it it this is the I had my punk butt dropped in the middle of pageants and it is extremely competitive and I was the first drag king to qualify about four years ago to make it to this big national thing which is was held that particular year. Maui. Mm-hmm. In Lahaina Maui. And took third place, which gave me, you know, a seat to try again, which I did last year. And last year I actually won. And I went out and did my usual kind of gothy horror punk self and was very, very clear. I am not just a drag artist. I am a burlesque dancer. I do work with music as a DJ and an artist. And I went up there and I was 100% myself. Mm -hmm. Still polished and presenting like going, this is a goth that's been picked up and put into the pageant world. So it's still slick and polished, but at the same time, it's this long, multicolored dyed hair in Victorian ruffles with black lipstick and serious eyeliner, you know, and running around performing to Lords of Acid. (laughs) (laughs)
0: And, one of the pieces that I did last year was to Lords of Acid. That is amazing. but it's, it
1: was the, I am not going to conform to what I'm being told to do within this world. And I pretty much got into it because it was the, yeah, I could go hang out with my friends.
0: Mm-hmm. So now, you were telling me that's not the only title that you've won. It's just your most recent one. What are some of the other things that you have been able to accomplish and gather in your time?
1: There's been a lot of stuff over the years, and I mean, not just with drag, but it's like even just life, I mean, I have, I'm also part of the leather community out here, and there's a couple of titles with that. Um, There, I I took second place at the San Francisco Drag King competition a couple years ago, and with the, just the refusal to wanting to fit into what, a, you know, what a typical view of a drag king is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, awards for DJing, you know, going for world's records when I was doing radio. Oh God, that was over twenty years ago. But it's there, there's been a number over the
0: years. Mm-hmm. There's the wall of the crowns, different
1: titles from, you know, basically entering myself as a joke and pageants and walking away with first or second places, different things.
0: Which those are always the most fun. fun. What was that? (laughs) I said those are always the most fun, not actually like necessarily going in two way, but then coming out with it. Yeah, no, it's like the very, very first
1: pageant that I entered was a big state one and I went in going, Okay, I I'm, I'm gonna go up there and I'm gonna do punk and I went up and went on stage for the performance part in a kilt and did all kinds of crazy stuff and it took second place. That's awesome. No, also because nobody was ready for somebody to just kind of jump off the stage with this completely insane, you know, cover of Billy Joel, of all things. Mm -hmm. And, but it's, I mean, I heard it as a joke and ended up doing really well.
0: Now, you've told us a little bit about your titles that like you won in past, your current one, and you mentioned that you also do work as a DJ and an artist. Tell us a little bit about that. Do you have your own music, or do you just do, like, the mixes and putting on the stuff for everybody? I, I, I started quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done clubs, have done radio,
1: have done... All, all kinds of insane stuff over the years with that. But for the most part, it is mixing. I, I mean, I started off, you know, D, you know DJing goth and punk. Um, I have done a few waves over the years. I was privileged enough to spend some time with a couple of phenomenal hip-hop tableists and learn some amazing stuff from them stuff that even here we are easy 20 years later
0: mm-hmm. or more and i'm still using a lot of their techniques now when you go out and perform um in your drag persona do you also go out and do the dj at some of these clubs at the same oh, yeah. time oh yeah no i i've have i have dj at some of
1: the same things that i'm doing drag acts at or dancing at um, as a burlesque dancer, I am also performing as a man.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know that, that is that is Donnie. You know Donnie also you know, DJ does traditional lip sync drag and does burlesque. And works with some sideshow geek uh, troops and a number of other, you know things like that. But I, I'll be out there in full drag DJing or even tonight, which is New Year's Eve, going to a party in full drag.
0: Doing all of these things, does it ever become like just a lot to handle? Because you're one of the bigger kings that goes out and performs that like at least that we've talked to you so far. And you do a lot of traveling and a lot of work. Is it ever just a lot to handle for you?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm... I wouldn't even say I'm totally an extrovert. uh, You know, a former partner of mine used the term vert. So it's like, I will be extrovert, and then I'll be, like, suddenly introvert. And there's times when it is the going, 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 and I'll need to stop. Mm -hmm. and just my body just goes okay that's it or you know it'll be yeah, the mental health of like I need to just kind of not people anymore you know I want to sit here in my fuzzy slippers and my bat onesie and just watch Red Dwarf the next five hours (laughs) and My husband's trying not to laugh because he knows I've done this. (laughs) But it's, I'll just need to be, just stop. Mm -hmm. And I do try to stagger shows and events when I'm on the road and traveling. But sometimes I'll just kind of admittedly overdo it. And I'm not 21 anymore and I can't... Keep going, 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 going. Admittedly, I have hit the wall. And just been like, okay, I I need a break. And there's been times when it's just like, I've had to cancel shows, admittedly. Where it's just been, I've been on the road for three weeks going, doing all this stuff. I need to sleep. Mm -hmm. I want to spend time with my husband. I need to recharge so I can
0: actually deal with life. Do you think it's been harder since you've gotten, like, further along and gotten a bigger name to sometimes cope with everything, or is it still just as hard as it would have been back as you were first starting out, just something that's just kind of been there? It's,
1: like I said, it's the I can be extrovert, I can be introvert. Um that that has been like that all my life.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's as I've gotten older I've been better about staggering shows and being more aware that I have limits and where those limits are. And, you know, admittedly this week it's like there's New Year's Eve and then I have a show in San Francisco on Wednesday and a show on it, on Friday in Oakland and I am living quite a ways away from both of those areas. And it's the, how do I stagger this so I'm going to be okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's the, okay, where am I, Where's this going on? I've become better at planning. I do overload like everybody else does <laughs> where you just kind of have to go, okay, I need to stop. But I've become a lot better at planning that and scheduling better.
0: What is something that you would say to somebody who may be dealing with something kind of similar where it's just really hard for them to – they've hit that point where they're like at a, either at a breaking point or they're just stuck and they don't know what to do because I've been in the similar with you where sometimes it gets just too much and I'm just going to sit there and I'm going to watch my show and kind of tune out for the world for a while what what is something that you would suggest to somebody that's trying to figure out how to handle stuff like that and just doesn't know what to do because especially in the winter and months and the holidays a lot of times it gets worse for some people
1: oh it's the this is the be fully aware of your mental health Mm -hmm. it's the if you have depression anxiety bipolar PTSD, it is that's when you need to be the most aware. And you know, I I fully admit, open and honest, I have anxiety, I have depression, um, but it is fully aware that I, you know, how to deal with my the yes, I need to do self-care and I know what my my basic self-care is, and if I can get through that, awesome what is my next level of self-care and take care of that? If I have to say no or go, go, I need a break from everything. It is the, yes, it is okay to say no. It is okay to stop and take care of yourself before you can continue on. Whether it is you performing or helping out with family or Dealing with some disaster. It is okay to take care of yourself first. And I
0: had to learn that one the hard way. Yeah, you were talking um, before about some issues that you've had to deal with, both in drag, um, being a female body person and presenting as a king, but also uh, some other things in your life that you had to deal with that, you ended up in the ER for could you um, tell us a little bit about uh, what was going on
1: that is um, mind you there is points of this that I do not remember Mm -hmm. that my biological and chosen family have helped fill in those gaps Um, I had had surgery on my lower back Mm -hmm. and this was This is, I think, about 10 years ago, and to take care of something that would be minor. And it was an outpatient, and I get home, sleep for a little while, and I wake up, and I notice that my back is wet, and it turns out I'm bleeding very badly. Um, my husband was about to go into to work. He calls out of work going, okay, I need to, this is, something's happening. You know, my wife is bleeding. I, you know, it's the call my brother, who at the time lived very close by, and some of the, the chosen family, we get a hold of my parents, and rush me to the ER. And I'm hemorrhaging, I'm in a lot of pain, and they couldn't find the nicked artery. And it stopped bleeding, and the same thing happened a few days later, where it's severely hemorrhaging. Uh, the second time around, a, when a very, very good friend of mine happened to be right around the area, and he was... Wearing his firefighter jacket, he was not on duty at the time, but he is part of one of the local volunteer fire uh, fire crews. And uh, he came in with me, and probably him coming in with me, with that jacket on, with how badly I was hemorrhaging, probably saved my life. And there's a lot of little gaps in you know that this week that I don't remember. And my mother remembers little things here and there. And my brother, you know, has been like, okay, this is this is what was going on. Is, you know, I'm on the phone with the rest of the family when you, you were, know, you know, when you were brought into triage, and, you know, this other friend of mine was making sure that my mother and everybody was eating, and that my husband has, it, it's as... Stable as he can be, because well, we, we didn't know if I was coming out of there. You know, it was, and then talking to my aunt who is a doctor a few days later, and she's going through the okay. You know, this is Nick artery is an extremely common complication. It, it this happens, it, it's always a risk. But they had found after the second uh, ER run that there was two nicked arteries, and they were able to stitch them up and take care of it. But it's like when this happens, the surgeon that I had 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 left both times when I was in the ER conferences, you know, and meetings and other, you know, like. The doctor is giving a lecture somewhere. Well, he left the lecture to make sure I was okay. But it's the, this is a complication that does happen with any surgery, and it was that was a big lesson. And you know, your community is there for you. You know, it's the chosen family and my community that was taking care of me through that. And my friend coming in with me the second time, he just happened to have his firefighter
0: jacket on. That probably saved my life. That's that's crazy to think that something like that, which you didn't see coming, could affect so hard. And then something like that with him bringing you in is what ended up saving you from that. And oh, yeah. it's it's crazy to think that something as small as that can do all that damage. But it's, oh, yeah. it's kind of like just in life, too, things get thrown at us, and it can be something really tiny that just kind of explodes and oh, yeah. sends us on a whirlwind. Oh, yeah. No, it, it's the... You know, it,
1: it's, a, you know, one bad phone call can just throw you off. Uh, you know, it's... You know, it it could be anything. It could be the, okay, this is what's going on with a family member is sick. Or the last show that I canceled, it was a group of us were heading to a show and we're all leaving together. And one of the queens that I was going to be traveling with, her dad got really sick. And it was, she got really scared. And it was the, okay, we're going to cancel. I'm going to call the promoters because we need to be there with you while your dad is sick. And the promoters, of course, understood because that's her dad. Mm -hmm. And it was enough to throw her off. But it was the, okay, we're going to go do this. But there was no way she could perform with that news hanging over her.
0: A week and a half later, she was able to get out there and perform, but she couldn't
1: do it like, but the next day. Yeah. I guess kind a of. Something to just
0: throw everything. Yeah. <laughs> <Come on. laughs> I've had many a time like that in my life where something little just snaps, and then it sends uh-huh. it on a whirlwind that you did not expect because. That's one reason I'm still in school now is because I just had that hit in my brain and depression decided to snap on me and pulled out of school. But I ended up learning from it and growing from it, but it took time. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize when things are happening like that is that many times you're going to be okay, but it's going to just take time to get back up. Depression sucks. Mm-hmm. It really does,
1: and it can just screw everything up. Now, it's the the community that I'm a part of here. A uh, of the alternative, and especially you here within um, the nerd community, the fandom, uh, is brain weasels. You know, the attack of the brain weasels. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's hard not to listen to the brain weasels when they're telling you that this
0: is and it's the depression. Yeah. And it's there's
1: so many artists that deal with it.
0: Well, I guess trying to get back to a lighter note. But I'm to take this off a But I mean, it is good to talk about that type of stuff because a lot of times people don't and it just kind of glosses over and people are like, oh yeah, it'll be fine because they don't think people want to hear about it and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it is a good thing and I'm glad that you were able to share that story with us because that could help somebody else who may be going through a hard situation and not know where to go. So I do appreciate. Oh, I'm totally open. You know, it's like, well, my,
1: my, yes, I deal with anxiety. I deal with depression. I make no secret of it to help lessen the stigma. Mm -hmm. And it's like the more of us that talk about it, the less taboo it is. Absolutely, in our culture, and it's it's been nice the last few years starting to see more and more people talking openly
0: about. Yeah, but tell you. Lighter to- later topic! <laughs> well, um, I guess to get us on something lighter, tell us a little bit about some of the plans that you have going on because I know we've talked a couple times about you do a lot of traveling. Do you have anything in the works over the next say month or so? that you're really excited about?
1: The next month, um, so, I, I have, uh, three shows that are definitely booked. Uh, I mean, things pop up. The first one, uh, is going to be January the 2nd, and it is a burlesque competition. And, I'm gonna be out there in full drag. My, Gender non-conforming, but up there performing <laughs> with the girls. And oh wait, no, I actually have four gigs. Sorry, tells you how tired I am. Um, and then this coming Friday is another burlesque show. Being invited uh, to represent trans and gender non-conforming burlesque performers, and it's definitely a queerlesque show. Then it's on the 12th is a men's burlesque show that I'm doing. And on the 17th is this wonderfully bizarre mix of drag, burlesque, and sideshow, and all kinds of crazy antics that's held in the middle of an old metal bar. You know this old punk metal and biker barn has been around for a long time and this show is insane and that's the lineup for this coming month uh, later on this year what we're looking forward to is my 30th anniversary in drag is going to be in April and I'm doing a phenomenal amount of shows and appearances throughout April just popping up different stuff and in late May I produce one show a year and it's a charity burlesque show I've been doing it for a couple years Um, last year we had tons of people show up usually it's nerdy kind of theme We've had people perform um, Cowboy Bebop routines, uh, Sherlock. I've done the Disney Robin Hood one, but it's all kinds of stuff, cosplay-based. This coming year, we picked just the overarching theme of 80s. And I, I said, you can define 80s however you want doesn't have to be New Wave. If somebody wants to go up there and do a Dolly Parton Act, that counts. It can be whatever somebody wants, and I'm starting to go through the submissions right now. Um, there's a, a few other out-of-the-area ones that I'm working on for later in the year, but that's kind of a lot of the stuff that I've got coming up.
0: Yeah. So, I know you, you've been doing drag for a long time, and you have grown a lot from everything that you've been doing. One question I want to ask about, because you mentioned RuPaul's Drag Race earlier. Hmm. Have you followed Dragula, the, the newer show that's been coming on? Because it seems like that's something that's very similar to some of the stuff that... You do. Oh, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. No, unfortunately, I don't get to see it as much as I would like. Um, I did follow the very first season of King Me, which was the – it was an online drag king competition. Uh, I actually had some friends get in there and do very well. But it's like Dragula was one where it's like going – I've seen a little bit of it, but it's just I wish I had the time to sit and watch it. But it's like, it's one of those things where things get put on when I'm working on costumes because I build almost all my own costumes. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of the stuff when you go onto my social media, if you're seeing, Some of the costumes, a lot of it I made, or it has been gifted. I have these beautiful LED wings. I did not make them. I do not know who paid for them. This is when I made the run for Mr. Galaxy that I had said on my Facebook, hey, it would be really cool to have these lighted belly dance style Isis wings and a couple weeks later they show up in the P.O. box for um, myself and my drag sister who had also qualified that year for the Galaxy competitions mm-hmm. and we still don't know who paid for them. Somebody put the money in to have those made and paid for them. But most of my costumes I make myself.
0: That's, that's very similar to what um, Moby Dick was talking about when we spoke with him in our last episode, was that a lot of times um, he works on making his costumes, but every so often little things like that will just appear and be given, and it's it's really cool to see people who love you guys so much that they want to help you all out like that, and send out these costume pieces or if they see something that really just inspires them of you they'll they'll want to get that for you guys to help out i think that's just really awesome and is another way to show like the sense of community and um excitement
1: i've been lucky enough that i know a number of designers that um, do men's clothing and so I've had a few pieces where it'll be a designer going, hey, we're going to put you in this. I, I made this jacket. We're going to put this in, in, on you and just as a publicity thing. Um, the funniest thing that I've ever had happen with that kind of thing is there's bands that I've known for over 20 years. They've become good friends over the years called Audio Terrorists. This this kind of industrial, new wave, blend of electronic, and very experimental, and very LGBTQ, but known these guys forever, and I found an old t-shirt of theirs, and I wore it to a show, and... All of a sudden, everybody's kind of going, where did this T-shirt come from? I what this T-shirt. And I'm like, I've had this T-shirt for 20 years. But people are like wanting to buy the T-shirt. And so I messaged the band going, hey, guys, you might want to recreate the T-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and they're like, "Whoa, well, uh, we had not thought about it, but oh, yeah, I think we want to recreate the T-shirt. <laughs> They did, and they've actually sold a few, you know some more of them. I mean, this, this T-shirt that they had had twenty some odd years, and now that the band has regrouped and doing shows again, and has a new EP out, it was the timing of it was just really funny that I went on stage to basically go up and do stand-up in full drag. You know, talking about being gender non-conforming and a goth and horror punk, and I'm wearing this t-shirt for this band, but it just people went crazy for it. Mm-hmm. But it's or wearing a pin that my brother made, you know, things like that. Little things get out there, and we, we've learned the hard way, especially like with the band of like, you know, maybe this. Sometimes putting Donnie in something gets a little attention. <laughs> but I've been lucky enough that I've known some designers where I can kind of go, hey, I'm looking for a Victorian cut suit that's going to hide the fact. But I actually do have a very large chest, even when I am heavily bound. Mm-hmm. They can hide that. And I know that you know, this one guy he can make it or a friend of mine who has recently started working with a number of the local uh, drag and trans queens where I mean, she's become really, really good at hiding certain things or making curves into the clothes so they don't have to pad. You know, it's like when the hip padding is just built right into the dress, mm-hmm. you know, the, learning to do this, but it's been lucky enough that I just kind of am moving in these circles and these communities, and the alternative community tends to be, you know, in the nerd community where they're, they're already building all their costumes, flipping genders is totally normal, but um, it's, you know, I'm lucky enough with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I guess um, before we head out today, is there anything else that you just want to throw out to the listeners, um, whether it be about yourself, your drag that you're doing, or anything you're working on? The big thing that
1: I encourage anybody who's even remotely interested in doing drag, you go up there with whatever character you want to create, Even if you want to just go up there and be yourself. Uh, Donnie isn't that far different from Jane. Jane is non-binary, nerdy, gothic punk. And Donnie is the same way. Just a little louder. And slightly more outgoing, but it's pretty much the same person. You can create whatever character you want. There is no wrong way to do drag. There's no right way to do drag. And there's nothing wrong with listening to the ones that have been doing it a long, long time. I've been doing this for 30 years. I am still learning things. I am still learning stuff from some of the queens that are now in their 80s. I'm still learning things from our burlesque dancers that are well into their 90s. It's amazing what you can learn, and it is constantly something that evolves.
0: That's the big thing, I see. Yeah. Well, where can people go if they would like to find out more information about yourself? social medias of the Book of Face, Twitter and Instagram
1: as Donnie Marisu G-O-N-N-Y M-I-R-A-S-S-O-U for all three easy to find Um, those are probably the big three I'm not as good about Twitter as I am with Facebook and Instagram but those are the the easiest ways to find me. I usually try to respond to messages, but when I'm busy sometimes things kind of get set aside. I do get back to people or try to um, within a reasonable time. But, well, we all know, life is life. But those are the best ways to find me out there on, on the social media world.
0: Awesome. Very, very excited to see some of the stuff that you're going to be doing, especially over these next few months. Um, For those of you listening out there, make sure to follow, uh, like, subscribe, and also something new that I want to tell you guys about is make sure to check out Anchor Podcast. We are officially online. All of our past episodes are uploaded and ready to go for you to listen, so please make sure to go subscribe to here. Uh, The stories like those of Donnie and all of the other kings and queens that we have talked to before, as well as several different LGBT leaders within the community um, to hear what they have had to say. And also, if you are interested, feel free to contact us at Don't Be a Drag on Facebook. And we'd love to get you on one of these podcasts as well. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have today. So and with that, just remember, Don't Be a Drag. Just be a king.